Come and see what God has done. You know, something that uh, my wife and I love to do is we love to travel. Um, do you like to travel? How many? I love to travel. Let me see. Okay, how many like, I hate to travel? Okay, a couple. How many like, I'm not putting my hand up? <laughs> okay, good deal. I, I'm, I'm with you on that, right? Yeah. Laurel and I love to travel, and uh, whenever we get a chance, we're ready to go. We love to see things we've never seen before. Uh, we love to taste things we've never tasted before. We love to smell things. We, not always. If you travel, you know, not always to smell things, right? right? We love to hear the sound. And, and we understand that travel kind of expands your understanding of the world that we live in. Uh, nothing, Mark Twain said, nothing expands your horizons as does travel. You know, the past several weeks, Kermansville Alliance has done a little bit of traveling. Um, not in a literal kind of way, not in a geographic kind of way, but in a mind-expanding kind of way. Um, we have uh, been invited, as we've gone through what we call Advent, that is the four Sundays previous to Christmas, we've been invited to kind of come and see what God has done, to travel the Christmas story, so to speak. Um, the Christmas story is actually littered with travelers. You know the shepherds. Uh, you just heard about them this evening. They're out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel shows up. And the angel says to go see this baby in Bethlehem. And, and listen to the response of the shepherds. Here's what they say. They say, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened. Let's travel somewhere and let's see this thing that the angels have told us about, that the Lord has told us about. And so they're, they're travelers who are going to come and see. There's other travelers in the Christmas story as well. You can think of the Magi, what we've traditionally called the white, uh, the wise men uh, through the years. Have you heard the kind of, man, I just really hate to do this to you on Christmas Eve, but I'm going to tell like the worst joke there is. You ready for this? Amen, somebody said. I like the bad jokes. Amen, pastor. It's what you do every Sunday, right? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, there's this nativity scene and, and uh, some rednecks set it up. And uh, when you look at it, there's the baby Jesus. He's in the center of everything, right? And uh, there's Mary. She's on the one side inside the, the stable there. And there's there's Joseph. He's on the other side. And, and over, over here you get to see uh, there's the shepherds, you know. And there they are with their little shepherd hooks. And they're bowed down just outside the stable. They're on this side. And on this side there's three firemen, you know. You know the rest of the joke, right? Somebody says, why in the world did you put firemen there? It says, so in the Bible, it says they come from afar. Oh! <laughs> I apologize. That was just so bad. It ruined your whole Christmas. Christmas was good, but when he told that joke, it's over. Might as well go straight to New Year's. Well, they did. You know, they came from a distance place. In fact, it said after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born, King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. And they traveled a good long distance to get there. They saw, so they were people who, who did what we're talking about. Come and see. They came and saw what God has done. Angels, Mary, Joseph, travel was just part of the Christmas story for people to come and see what God had, had done. And you, know, you give some thought to, well, what are the things that they have come to see? What, what do you see? And I think uh, some of those things coincide with what we've been talking about through Advent. Love, proclaim, reach, and launch. I think one of the things that God wants you to see when you come is His love. Let me just say that sentence again. When God says, come and see what I've done, He's saying, come and see my love. God wants you to see 
that he came as a baby so that you would know his great love. That he was placed in a wooden feed trough so that you would know his great love. That he was there in a wooden stable, a barn, so that you would know his great love. And eventually, he would allow himself to be placed on a wooden cross so that you would know his great love. This little baby whose birthday we're celebrating right now, this little baby, when he reaches adulthood, he says to his best of friends, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for a friend. And that is what he did. You've come to this place. Do you see his love? Do you see the love of the God who came to be with you? Come and see. Second, he wants you to come and see his word. Can you see his word? Read his word? Hear his word? The proclamation about who he is. When you think about it, if you read the Bible, there's this theme running through Scripture from Genesis all the way to Revelation, from the time that that Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. And God says that mysterious statement that they had to have no clue about when he says of the serpent, uh, the serpent will strike your heel, but you will crush his head. From that mysterious statement all the way to Revelation in the end where it says, even so, Lord Jesus, come. You see this theme of proclamation concerning God that he is going to redeem humankind. That no matter what has been done, no matter what you have done, the proclamation is, I can change that. I can make that right. I can take away your shame. I can forgive your guilt. I can save you. That word save is intimately connected to the whole proclamation thing. The angel who spoke to Joseph says you will call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Come and see the proclamation of salvation. And then later, John makes this proclamation when he tells the Christmas story. John tells it so much different than do Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John says these words. He says, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to be children of God, children born not of natural descent or a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And it is the truth of who we are, people who have messed up, and the grace of God that caused him to come, and he proclaims that grace to us. Come and see. The angels, when they're proclaiming the message to the shepherds, they say, today, in the town of David, the King James would say, in the city of David, has been born unto you, here's the word, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He can save you from whatever you're trapped in, whatever you're bothered by, whatever is dragging you down, whatever just makes you feel unclean, He can save you from that. Come and see. And even Mary, even Mary, Jesus' mom, makes the proclamation. When she says, my soul glorifies the Lord, And my spirit rejoices in God, my, here it is, Savior. He's your Savior. He proclaims it. Come and see. God has invited you to come and see His love. He's invited you to come and see His proclamation 
of his salvation, he invites you to come and see his reach. How he has reached out to you and me. God didn't sit on his throne in heaven with a remote control and say, yeah, I'm going to save the people. Click, okay, I'm done. What's next? You understand? He left the ivory palaces of heaven. He entered a world of woe. Only his great eternal love would cause him to go. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Come and see. Come and see. God wants you to come and see the purpose he has in mind for you, what he has in mind to launch. And he did come to launch something. He came to launch a movement. A movement through which, as we participate with him, we can see ourselves and others like us transitioned from death to life. A movement in which we can observe a very dark and depressing world brought into the magnificent light of the grace of God. A movement where we can participate in God's plan that he laid out at the beginning of the book and consummates at the end of the book. Come and see. Come and see. You're not here by accident. You're here tonight to see, to come and see what God has done. And when you see what God has done, it changes everything. Have you ever seen people that maybe have been around church and not really kind of got it? Have you seen that? I would say one of the reasons for that is because they weren't looking. When you look, when you see this great love of God, when you hear this proclamation of God, when you understand what He came to launch and what He wants to do in your life, it changes everything. It did for the people in the Christmas story. Changed everything for Mary. Changed everything for Joseph. Changed everything for the shepherds. Changed everything for the wise men. Even the firemen from Rescue Hose and Ladder who were there that night. It changed everything for everybody. And He will change everything for you and me if we let Him. When you get a glimpse of His love in your life, when you see that this God loves you so deeply, it transforms you. The other day, someone put on uh, Facebook, they put this sentence, they said, I never understood why the little drummer boy's parents kicked him out of the house until my daughter came home with a recorder and a flutophone, and then I got it, right? right? Yeah, that's cute. And so I wrote on there, in the biblical account, the little drummer boy wasn't kicked out by his parents. Bandits came and burned his house, and his parents were gone. I love writing stuff like that, because you know, it's just not true at all. There is no biblical account of the little drummer boy. It's not, it's a Hanna-Barbera production, a Rankin Bass maybe. It's one of those, you know? There's no Bible story. I put it right on Facebook. In the biblical account, here's what it says. And because I'm a pastor, I think some people believe me. That's fun right there. 
That is fun right there. My wife and I watched The Little Drummer Boy so we would have the biblical account before I wrote that down. And when we watched it, my wife said, this is my favorite of the Christmas specials. I thought, are you kidding? It's not even biblical. Is it? And she said, no, it's not. I said, why is it your favorite? Listen to this. She said, because that little boy's heart was so hard because of the pain he had experienced. And when he looked at Jesus and met Jesus and saw the love of God in Christ, it changed everything. It does. If you will contemplate and consider the richness and depth of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ on your behalf, it will change everything. Come and see. And when you hear His Word speaking to you, and, and, and you know, this is why people read the Bible. This is why people come and hear people like me speak, pastors speak in church. This is why people listen to good podcasts and good Christian radio and Bible teaching. It's because they understand this. The Word of God has a power to transform your life It can change you if you don't like who you are and where you are. If you wish you were a different, better person and in a different, better place in terms of the cosmos, God's Word can make that happen in your life. Come and see. Come and see. He can reach and touch your broken heart. I did two funerals this week. Christmas week. What's up with that, right? Buried a really good friend who died with dementia. Buried another guy I hardly knew who died with cancer. It hurts, doesn't it? I mean, I won't do this, but who here has not lost a loved one in the past year? Who here does not think, I can't wait for 2019 to get over? Because I'm ready for something different. And that pain that you feel in your heart, that, that brokenness that you sense in your heart, it is the God who came, the God who came to reach you, that can reach His hand down and touch your heart in such a supernatural way, He can begin the journey of healing your pain like no one else can. Come and see. Come and see. And He can give you meaning and purpose. You know, little kids all go through this particular age, this stage in their life. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I have two grandchildren. I don't think that I talk about them too much. Little kids go through this stage in their life where they ask why. Do you remember that stage? Or have you seen that stage? Why? Why? Where are you going, Grandma? I'm going to the store, honey. Why? What are you doing, Dad? I'm fixing a snowblower, sweetheart. Why? Because the weatherman hates me and he made it snow. (laughs) When are we going to open the presents? Tomorrow, honey. Why? Right? Why? Right? Listen, I think that tendency of little children to ask why um, eventually becomes a sort of existential hunger where we say, what are we doing here? Why? Why am I fixing the snowblower? It's just going to snow again. Why am I going to the grocery store? They're just going to eat this food. I'll have to get more. Why am I opening these presents? I don't need this stuff and it doesn't fit me anyway. Why? And that why question can gnaw at your very being after a while. 
But when you come and see what God has done, he begins to answer the why question in your life. Look, there are people who don't like to travel. I have good friends who don't like to travel. I pity them, but it's okay that they don't like to travel, right? It's all right. You don't have to travel, but you've got to come and see what God has done. You've got to, in your life, say, I need to know what this Bethlehem Christmas thing is about. Because the way my life is now isn't the way I'd hoped it would be. And you need to come and see. That might involve just talking to Him in prayer tonight before you go to bed. It might involve making a major change in your lifestyle and finding a church where you can learn about God and plugging in in that organization, in that church. It might mean exactly what you know it means. It might mean you need to just say, God, I have so screwed up and I am so sorry. I am ready to turn around and you do it. I don't know what it means for you. But I know you need to come and see. Because what's here? (laughs) What's here in Bethlehem? What's here at the foot of the cross? What is here, just this side of heaven, is magnificent. It is glorious. It is healing. It is hope-filled. It is powerful. It is transformational. It is everything you're longing for. I want to pray that you'll come and see. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we turn our hearts to you and our attention to you, we do see that you have what we need. We need someone to deliver us from our shame. We need someone to pull us out of our guilt. We need someone to cover us. And we know that you do that. You are a good, good father, and we recognize that. We love you. Forgive us because of what Jesus did on the wooden cross. We turn away from our sins. We follow you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.